0: Order. Questions to the Prime Minister. John Glenn.
1: Uh, Mr. Speaker. I'm sure
2: that the whole House will wish to join me in welcoming today's employment figures, which show employment at another record high and the lowest unemployment rate in over a decade and wages rising. Mr Speaker, this morning I had meetings with ministerial colleagues and others. In addition to my duties in this House, I shall have further such meetings later today. This afternoon I will travel to Berlin to meet Chancellor Merkel, to discuss how we implement the decision the British people took in the referendum, and I expect we will also cover a number of other pressing international issues and tomorrow I will visit Paris for similar discussions with President Hollande.
0: John Glenn, can I warmly welcome the Prime Minister to her place? And can I ask the Prime Minister, given her unwavering commitment to deliver economic stability and national security in our United Kingdom's interest, does she welcome Monday's emphatic vote in this House for the Trident Successor Programme? Yeah. And will she ensure that economic cre- uh, stability and national security remain the guiding principles of her premiership?
1: Yeah.
2: Well, can I, uh, can I thank my hon. Friend for his kind remarks? And can I join him in enthusiastically welcoming the vote that was taken in this House to renew our nuclear deterrent on Monday evening? I think that vote showed the commitment of this House. It showed that we have not only committed to our own national security, but also consider the security of our European and NATO allies. We can now get on with the essential job of renewing our nuclear deterrent. And can I thank those 140 Labour members of Parliament who who put the national interest first and voted to renew the nuclear deterrent?
3: Thank you, Mr Speaker. Can I welcome the Right Honourable Member to her first Prime Minister's Question Time and congratulate her on her appointment and becoming the country's second woman Prime Minister. I I hope that she will agree with me that this House and Prime Minister's Question Time should be an opportunity to debate seriously the issues that face our country and our place in the world. On the steps of Downing Street, she talked very eloquently about fighting burning injustice. Yet, Mr Speaker, her last act as Home Secretary was to shunt the Orgreave inquiry into the long grass. The Advocate-General told the House of Lords that the IPCC told Home Office officials that if it announced any action to set up an inquiry or other investigation relating to Orgreave, it would have an impact on the Hillsborough investigation. The IPCC disputes that account. I hope Parliament wasn't misled, and will the Prime Minister now proceed with a full public inquiry into the terrible events at Orgreave?
2: Can I thank the Right Honourable Gentleman for the welcome that he has uh, given me? Uh, can I uh, say to him, he refers to uh, uh, me as the second woman Prime Minister, I've in my years here in this House, I've long heard the Labor Party asking what the Conservative Party does for women. <laughs> well just keeps making us Prime Minister. Uh, I I welcome the comments he's made about Prime Minister's questions. We do debate serious issues in Prime Minister's questions. I I look forward to the exchanges he and I will have, and I hope we will be having those exchanges over this dispatch box for many years to come. As as regards the Orgreave Inquiry, I I think the Shadow Home Secretary has an urgent question on that uh, uh, this afternoon, which the Home Secretary will be responding to. Jeremy Corbyn.
3: Thank you, Mr Speaker. The new Prime Minister also said on the steps of Downing Street, if you're young, you'll find it harder than ever before to own your own home. In 1998, more than half of working households of people aged 16 to 34 were buying their own homes. Today, the figure is 25 per cent, and the Resolution Foundation suggests this will fall to 10 per cent in the next nine years. What figure has the Prime Minister set herself for home ownership amongst young people?
2: I know the timeline that the Right Honourable Gentleman referred to. He might have forgotten that during that period we actually had 13 years of a Labour government years of a Labour government that had a very bad record in terms of house building. This is the government that is going to change that. It is this government that is putting more into building more homes to ensure that young people do have a better opportunity to get on the housing ladder. That is why we are a government that actually will be governing for everyone in this country.
3: Jeremy Corbyn Mr Speaker, that Labour government put a decent home standard in in place in every part of this country, and I am not sure that a 400... I'm not sure, Mr Speaker, that uh, starter homes at £450,000 for young people earning 7% less than their parents' generation is actually a very good prospect for people owning their own homes. The Prime Minister is rightly concerned, Mr Speaker, and she said this, if you're black you're treated more harshly than if you're white. So before appointing her new Foreign Secretary, did she discuss with him his description of black people as piccaninnies and why he questioned the motives of the US President Obama
2: on his part
3: Kenyan heritage?
2: The Right Honourable Gentleman started his question by making reference to the issue of starter homes and the upper limit in London of the £450,000. And I've sat on these benches and heard him raise that with my Right Honourable friend, the Member for Whitney, when he was Prime Minister on a number of occasions. Can I just explain this to the Leader of the Opposition? If you look at house prices across the country, they vary. In Liverpool, the average house price is just over £116,000. In London, the average house price is just over £676,000. That's why we have a higher limit uh, for the starter home figure in London. If he objects to that, then he needs to tell his constituents why he is against them having opportunities to get on the house. he refers to the remarks I made and it is correct that if you are black you will be treated more harshly in the criminal justice system it's exactly why as Home Secretary I dealt with the issue of stop and search yeah. I was yeah. concerned yeah. Yeah. to make sure that nobody should be stopped and searched on the streets of this country because of the colour of their skin yeah. I did that as a Conservative 13 years of Labour did nothing on it yeah.
3: Jeremy Corbyn <laughs> <laughs> Mr S- Mrs. Mr Speaker, my question was actually about the language used by the Foreign Secretary. Earlier this week, the new Chancellor abandoned the Government's budget surplus target, as Labour has long called for. Her Government is already missing its targets on debt, deficit, welfare cap and productivity. Six years of Government austerity has failed. The long-term economic plan is clearly dead. Is there a new one?
2: It's the the long-term economic plan that has actually delivered the record level of employment that we
1: see today.
2: And uh, perhaps I could just uh, put the Right Honourable Gentleman straight. Uh, We have not abandoned the intention to move to a surplus. What I have said is that we will not be targeting that at the end of this Parliament. But he uses the language of austerity. Can I just say this to him? He talks about austerity. I call it living within our means. (laughs) He, he, talks about, he, talks, he talks about austerity, but actually it's about not saddling our children and grandchildren with significant debts to come. And it's not about austerity, it's about ensuring we have an economy that works for everyone. Jeremy Corbyn. Mr
3: Speaker, jobless claims have risen for the fourth month in a row. Welfare claims have risen as well. Austerity actually means people being poorer, services being cut, and local facilities being closed. In her speech on the steps of Downing Street, she also addressed insecure workers, saying you have a job, but you don't always have job security. Does that mean, does that mean to those people that are worried about their future in work, poor I'm talking of the people that sent us here to serve them. Does that mean that she's proposing to scrap the employment tribunal fees, repeal the trade union act or ban zero hours contract as more than a dozen european nations have already done. That would help to give greater job security to many very worried people in this
2: country. Again, I say to the uh, the Right Honourable Gentleman, yes, I did say that on the streets of Downing Street, and I think it's very important that us that here in this House we consider not only what might be called the more obvious injustices, but actually consider the life for those people for whom they are in work but struggling to make ends meet. It's essential, that's one of the one of the things that the government has been done has done, has actually raised the threshold at which people start to pay income tax, for example. But it's also about making sure that we have. More well paid jobs in this country, which is also what the government is doing. But he, he refers, he refers, I'm interested that he refers to uh, uh, the situation of some workers who might have uh, some job insecurity uh, and potentially unscrupulous bosses. I suspect that there are many members on the opposition benches who might be familiar with an unscrupulous boss. Uh, a boss who doesn't listen to his workers, uh, a boss a boss who requires some of his workers to double their workload, a boss, and maybe even a boss who exploits the rules to further his own career. Remind him of anybody.
3: Are sent here to represent people and there are many people in this country struggling with insecure jobs with low wages. I know this is very funny for all conservative members but I don't suppose I do not suppose there's too many conservative MPs who have to go to a food bank in order to supplement their family table every week. I think we should reflect on those things. The Prime Minister highlighted the failures of her predecessor on social justice, home ownership, education and the cost of living. Some might say that as a Cabinet Minister she too was responsible for that. But she empathised with working people when she said I know you're working round the clock, I know you're doing your best, I know that sometimes life can be a struggle. Yesterday the Institute of Fiscal Studies found that Two thirds of children living in poverty in Britain have at least one parent in work. What other than warm words is she going to offer those families, those children, who are hungry, often, and very insecure in their living? Isn't it our duty to offer some hope and security to them?
2: Yes, it is, and we are concerned about those people. But the answer is not the Labour Party's answer of unlimited, uncapped welfare for people. The answer to people who are in work and who are struggling in work, and the answer to those people who want to get into work, is to have a strong economy. An economy that delivers jobs and that delivers well-paid jobs. And that's why I can assure the right honourable gentleman that on this side of the House, we are focused on building a country that works for everyone. That's an economy that ensures that everyone can benefit from the nation's wealth, a society where everyone gets the opportunities they deserve and a democracy that everyone can have faith in. And finally, i would just say to the right hon. Gentleman, the Labour Party may be about to spend several months of fighting and tearing itself apart. The Conservative Party will be spending those months bringing this country back together. Yeah.
3: There will
0: be more. Sir Edward Lee. I agree with the Prime Minister.
3: (laughs) We're leaving the EU and we're going to make a success of it. So will the Prime Minister make my day special by saying she is prepared to reject staying in the single regulated market and offering instead to our friends
0: in Europe a free trade deal, very much in their interests. Let us take
3: back
2: control. Uh, I I, am tempted to say, Mr Speaker, that after that I probably ought to sit down and enjoy that just for the rest of the day. Uh, My hon. Friend has made my day. Can I make his day, I hope, by wishing him a very happy birthday today? And can I assure him that as we look at uh, the result of the referendum, I'm very clear Brexit does mean Brexit. As he says, we will make a success of it. Uh, What we need to do in negotiating the uh, deal is to ensure that we listen to what people have said about the need for controls on free movement, but we also negotiate the right deal and the best deal of uh, trade in goods and services for the British people.
0: Mr Angus Robertson. May I begin by extending my May I begin by extending congratulations to the Prime Minister on her first outing at Prime Minister's okay. Questions and ahead of her travels to Berlin? Uh, German Vice Chancellor uh, Sigmar Gabriel has already confirmed how Scotland is able to remain in the European yeah. Union. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: did Did the Prime Minister discuss this when she met with First Minister Nicola Sturgeon when she was in Edinburgh? And will she do everything to ensure that Remain? means remain for Scotland.
2: Can I thank the right honourable gentleman for his welcome and also can I thank him for the comments that he made in Monday's debate and for the uh, recognition that he showed of the support from my husband Philip and as he said then, we all rely on support from those around us uh, to do our jobs and we should never forget that Uh, I did discuss the arrangements in relation to the negotiations for uh, the United Kingdom leaving the EU with the First Minister, I was very pleased that my first trip was a trip to Scotland and that I was able to do that so early in my Premiership as I've been very clear the union is very important uh, to me uh, uh, and I was also clear with the first Minister that I think that there are some ideas that are being put forward that are impracticable but I am willing to listen to the options that are brought forward and we will be engaging fully with all the devolved administrations
0: Sir Angus Robertson speaker um, uh, Germany has the highest level of support of any continental European country for Scotland remaining in the European yeah. Union. Yeah. So, so would, would the Prime Minister thank, would the Prime Minister thank Chancellor Merkel for the interest of the members of her government and members of the Bundestag their interest in having Scotland remaining within the EU? and will she assure the Chancellor and other heads of state and government that we in Scotland will do everything everything that is necessary for us to remain in the EU) yeah
2: to the right hon. Gentleman, because this is a line that he has been taking for some time. He took it with my predecessor. I do find it a little confusing, given given that only two years ago, in the Scottish referendum, the Scottish National Party was campaigning for Scotland to leave the United Kingdom, which would have meant them leaving the European Union. Daniel Kaczynski.
0: Thank you, Mr Speaker. We all stand with the people of France, and particularly Nice, following the appalling terrorist act there last week. Will the Prime Minister update the House on how the security collaboration between our two countries can help prevent such attacks in the future and reassure the French people that, although we are leaving the European Union, the close links between our two countries will remain steadfast?
2: My Honourable Friend raises a very important topic and as has been said in this House before, our thoughts are with all the people of France on the appalling attack that took place in Nice uh, last week. We continue to work with the French authorities both in the, uh, obviously in the aftermath of that attack, but my Honourable Friend is right that we need to continue our security cooperation with France and indeed other European countries. Uh, We will not be cowed by terrorists. We share, uh, we both face the same threats and we need to work together in order to defeat those threats. Uh, and I can absolutely confirm that, yes, the United Kingdom will leave the European Union, but the United Kingdom is not leaving Europe, yeah. and our cooperation will
4: continue. Jamie Reid. Thank you, Mr Speaker. And can I welcome the Prime Minister to her place, and can I wish her well in healing the country in the months and years to come? After all, it is she and her colleagues who have so bitterly divided it. And can I thank her too – Can I, thank her too, can I thank her too, Mr Speaker, for her wholehearted support and endorsement for official Labour Party policy on Trident. It's, it's so, such a refreshing change to hear that from the dispatch box. And as, <laughs> As a type 1 diabetic and as a, as a father and an uncle to uh, children with type 1 diabetes, on behalf of 500,000 people, 30,000 of them children in this country, can I thank the Prime Minister for the example she has shown to those people in demonstrating without doubt that this doesn't hold us back in any way whatsoever. But there's no doubt whatsoever, Mr Speaker, that the Prime Minister's predecessor found the NHS, left the NHS in a much worse condition than he found it. Will the Prime Minister, will the Prime Minister visit? No, will, the, will the Prime Minister visit my constituency, the West Cumberland Hospital, and to honour the promises made by the previous Prime Minister, and to stop her government cutting services there further?
2: Prime Minister. Thank you, you, Mr. Speaker. And uh, can I say the uh, the honourable gentleman makes a reference to divisions on the Conservative Party benches. No, uh, I have to say which is the party that took three weeks to decide which should be their unity candidate. It was the Labour Party that was divided. Um, Can I thank him for his remarks on type one diabetes as well? There are many youngsters out there, from tiny tots to teenagers, living with type 1 diabetes, and I think it's important that we give the message to them that their future is not limited. They can do whatever they want. Um, And uh, he invites me. He's the first person in Prime Minister's Questions to invite me to visit his his constituency. I will, of course, look very closely at all invitations that I receive in uh, Prime Minister's Questions. I think it is important that decisions about the construct of local NHS services are taken at a local level by the NHS, but I would simply remind him, as he, uh, uh, made the point about the uh, agreement between Conservative Party and Labour Party official policy on Trident. Uh, that where we did disagree at the election was it was the Conservative Party that, that agreed that we would put the money that was necessary into the NHS for its plan. The Labour Party refused to commit yeah. that. Nusrat Ghani. Thank you, Mr. Yeah. Speaker. Yeah. Extremism takes many forms, from the atrocity in Nice to the violent murder of Kandil Baloch by her own brother in Pakistan, justified as an honour killing. There were 11,000 incidents of these self-styled honour crimes in the UK over the last five years. Does the Prime Minister agree that such crimes are in fact acts of terror, not honour? And will she therefore direct that her new government chose the lead by ending the use of the word honour to describe these vile acts in order to stop any legitimacy to the idea that women are the property of men. My Honourable Friend has raised a very important issue and an issue that I think resonates across this whole House. And she's absolutely right. Extremism does take many forms. That's why in the Government's counter-extremism policy, we are looking a strategy, we're looking very widely across the breadth of issues of extremism, including looking at tackling the root causes of uh, some practices within communities, such as the so-called honour-based violence. And just to say, I absolutely agree with her, there is absolutely no honour in so called honour based violence. It is violence and a criminal act, pure and simple. Yeah. Julie Cooper. Oh, thank
3: you, Mr. Speaker. I too would like to welcome the Prime Minister to our first Prime Minister's question time. And I would like to ask her if she will listen to the head teachers of the excellent primary schools in my constituency. They tell me that the recent unprecedented changes in primary education, including the new SATs, have led to negative impacts on the learning outcomes of the children. Will she urge the new Secretary of State to take these concerns forward and to listen and make some useful changes? Prime
2: well, I thank the Honourable Lady for her uh, welcome to me in uh, my new position. Uh, I think that getting education right is absolutely crucial if we're going to ensure that people can ha- take up the opportunities that they deserve, but also have the aspiration to take up those opportunities. Obviously, my right Honourable Friend, the new Education Secretary will be looking across the board at uh, the education provision that is, uh, that is in place. We've made some important changes already over the last six years that are improving the quality of education, that mean more children are actually getting the quality of education they need but of course there is more for us to do and we will be looking at that
0: Mr Andrew Stevenson thank you yeah, yeah. mr. speaker yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. in my constituency aerospace is of vital importance with Rolls-Royce employing over a thousand people at their sites in Barnalswick but aerospace isn't just important to Pendle it's important to the whole UK economy so will the Prime Minister congratulate all the companies who attended the Farnborough Air Show last week on the deals they signed and will she agree with me that with nearly a hundred billion pounds of trade deals already done this year, it shows that Britain is very much still open for business. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, my, my honourable friend is absolutely right that Britain is open for business, and I know what an important role the aerospace industry plays in his constituency, as he says, with his reference to Rolls-Royce, but also in other constituencies across the country, and the importance of the Farnborough air Show. and my uh, uh, honourable friend, the member for Aldershot, was telling me what a great, uh, last night, what a great uh, air show it was. Uh, of course, the Government committed at Farnborough to provide a new £365 million fund for research and development to ensure that we retain our leading position in this sector, and uh, As he said, there are a significant number of trade deals already signed. That shows Britain's open for business, and I would encourage other companies to go out there and get that business. Catherine McKinnell.
0: Thank you, Mr Speaker. And I too wish to welcome the right honourable lady to her place. Newcastle Airport was voted best in Britain this week, but the good news they are really waiting for is a decision on Heathrow expansion. The Prime Minister knows that Britain needs to be open for business, so will she do better than dithering Dave
1: and
2: give us a decision (laughs) without delay? Can I say to the Honourable Lady, I have some fond uh, memories of Newcastle Airport from the time when I stood in uh, the north-west Durham constituency some years ago and made quite a good use of Newcastle Airport. It's changed and expanded rather ever since. On Heathrow, the position has not changed. Obviously, the Howard-Davis review work was done. Some further work has been done in relation to the question of air quality uh, uh, around the various uh, proposals that were put forward. And the Cabinet and Government will be taking a decision on this in the proper way in due course. Thank you you, Mr Speaker. Based on analysis of the Crime Survey for England and Wales by the Children's Society, an estimated 113 16 and 17-year-old girls in my constituency of Rochester and Strood have experienced a sexual offence in the last year. Given the progress made in tackling child sexual exploitation in the last few years, could my right hon. Friend outline if Government have plans to strengthen the protection for this particular vulnerable age group? Yeah. Well, my hon. Friend raises a very important issue. We saw, uh, obviously, in recent times, the appalling circumstances in Rotherham in relation to child sexual exploitation. But as my hon. Friend has shown, actually, in every constituency in the country, there are young people who are being subjected to um, sexual offence of various sorts and that's right why since Rotherham the government has been working uh, with all agencies uh, uh, appropriate agencies to ensure that we put greater support in place so we've provided an extra seven million in funding uh, to ensure victims of sexual abuse receive the right support launched the whistleblowing helpline to help uh, authorities spot patterns of behavior that will and um, spot patterns of uh, failure and uh, made child sexual abuse and exploitation a national threat so police forces are, have a duty to collaborate to tackle this terrible crime. But we also, in the coming months, will be strengthening our arrangements. We are all appalled by child sexual abuse, and we need to carry on making sure that we eradicate child sexual abuse.
0: Yeah. Muran Hussein, uh, Thank you, Mr Speaker. In her first statement on the steps of Downing Street, the Prime Minister stated that she would lead a government that would work for every one of us. Since she became Prime Minister, I have tried unsuccessfully to get assurances on the continuation of the Northern School strategy along with the 80 million that was set aside for the Northern Schools will she therefore give me that commitment today so that children in Bradford and the North can have the same chances as those in London and the South
2: it it is important that we ensure that across the country children are getting the opportunities that they deserve and the quality of education they receive receives an important part of that (laughs) and the review that has taken place uh, which was launched in March by Sir Nick Weller obviously is making recommendations to address this particular issue what I can assure the uh, honourable gentleman of is that my right honourable friend the education secretary will be looking very carefully at the results of that review and obviously will make uh, the position for uh, in which the government is going to take in response to those recommendations, clear in due course.
0: Stuart Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Mr. Speaker, gr- growing up on a council estate, it was tough coming out as a Conservative. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Di- difficult,
0: difficult as it was, I understood then, as I do now, that it's only a Conservative government that r- delivers real social mobility. Yeah. 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 Does, does my right honourable friend agree with me that it's the job of this government to fight for such opportunities for the people of Britain because the party opposite are too busy fighting each other? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, my, my honourable friend puts it very well. And if you look at the Conservative benches, as he says, We have Conservative Members of Parliament who are brought up in council houses. Conservative Members of Parliament brought up by single-parent families. The chairman of the Conservative Party is a former minor. Uh, it It is this party that is looking at opportunity for all, and that certainly I'm very clear that the government I lead will be driven not by the interests of the privileged few, but by the interests of everyone in this country, not entrenching the advantages of a privileged few in terms of opportunity, but extending opportunity to all. Donaldson thank you mr. speaker whatever your politics one cannot help but be inspired from by the image from last week of the female Prime Minister of the UK meeting the female First Minister of Scotland it is a message to girls everywhere that they can achieve anything they want and nothing should be off-limits to them does the Prime Minister agree that to do this, girls and women should be able to live free from gender-based violence and domestic abuse. And will she commit to supporting the bill of my honourable friend for Banff & Buckin and ratify the Istanbul Convention? Yeah. Can I, can I first of all say to the Honourable Gentleman that I think it is an important symbol for girls and, uh, and young women to see uh, women in positions of, uh, as Prime Minister and First Minister of Scotland, and I respect the First Minister of Scotland. We had a very constructive first meeting. There are certain issues on which we disagree, and will continue to disagree. Uh, but uh, we will work practically and pragmatically uh, together. I think it is important to deal with the issues of gender violence and, uh, and domestic violence against women and girls. That's why the Government Has, I led as Home Secretary uh, the Violence Against Women and Girls uh, strategy that is being taken on by my right honourable friend, the the Home Secretary, now. We have uh, a good record in what we've done, like putting into operation the domestic violence protection orders, the new coercive uh, control offence. But there's always more to do, and we will be doing that.
0: Simon Hoare. Thank you very much indeed. Can I welcome my Right Honourable Friend to her place, and if it's not too untoward to say, I would declare it as game, set, and match to her this afternoon. (laughs) When I, could I tell my Right Honourable could I tell my Right Honourable Friend that last week when I met local NFU representatives in North Dorset, they understood precisely what we were doing and delivering about Brexit, but were keen (laughs) to ensure that the needs of agriculture and British farmers are front and centre in those discussions, and that their interests are not neglected. Can I invite my right honourable friend to make that commitment today?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very happy to make the commitment that as we look at the position that we will be taking in the negotiations to leaving for the UK leaving the European Union, we will be consulting widely. I recognise that agriculture is a sector that is particularly affected by, the, uh, by Brexit, and I can assure my honourable friend that we will be consulting with and listening to the views of farmers and others involved in the food industry and agricultural sector. Mr Barry Shearman. Mr. Yeah.
0: Mr Speaker, can I congratulate the right honourable lady on behalf Becoming prime minister, and gently remind her of the conversation we had a few weeks ago when I said she was going to come through the middle and trounce the men uh, standing for that position. Uh, So I was right. I also said I was going to put some. I also said I was going to put some money on around 14, Mr. Speaker. I never got round to it because the odds were very good at the time. Can I ask? Can I ask the prime minister a very serious question about the younger generation, the millennials? So many of them in our country believe that they are citizens of Europe, they they had the ability to travel, to work uh, uh, and to be true Europeans. Will she soon give them her vision of how that reality as European citizens can be delivered even in the present circumstances?
2: Well, I uh, thank the honourable gentleman. I do indeed remember the conversation where he said that I would, uh, as he put it, trounce the men. I have to say, of course, the Conservative Party came up with an all-woman shortlist without being required to do so. So, uh, uh, He raises... but he raises an important point about the younger generation. And what I would say to young people today is this. As I said in response to my uh, uh, Honourable Friend, the Member for Shrewsbury in Action, a little earlier, it's, we are leaving the European Union, but we're not leaving Europe. Yeah. We will be setting out what our negotiating position in relation to the relationship with the European Union when we leave will be uh, 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 over the coming weeks and months. But I would also say this to these, the young people that he talks about. Actually, we shouldn't be limiting their opportunities and their horizons by just looking at Europe. This country will be making a success of Brexit because we will be out there in the world as an outward-looking, expansive country with opportunities around the globe. Mr Philip Davis, Can
0: I very warmly welcome the Prime Minister to her post? Unlike Dithering Barry opposite, I did place a bet on her becoming the next leader. (laughs) Uh, and I, I apologise, Mr Speaker, for clearly having my phone off when she was calling me to join her government. <laughs> the,
1: uh,
0: the reason why the, uh, the, the people of Yorkshire overwhelmingly voted to leave the European Union was largely due to, the, to controlling immigration. Can the Prime Minister reassure the people of Yorkshire that when we finally do leave the European Union, she will insist on keeping her uh, original promise? To get the immigration figures down into this
2: country to the tens of thousands. The uh, I say uh, to my honourable friend that I am very clear. The the vote that was taken in this country on the 23rd of June sent a very clear message about immigration, that people want control of free movement from the European Union. And that is precisely what we will be doing and ensuring that we get in the negotiations that we we will be undertaking. I also remain absolutely firm in my belief that we need to bring net migration down to sustainable levels. The Government believes that that is tens of thousands the government believes that that is tens of thousands it will take some time to get there but of course now we have the added uh, uh, aspect of those controls that we can bring in relation to people moving from the European Union
0: finally mr. Tim Farron thanks
3: well, uh, commercial you're all Mr Speaker, you're all very very kind um, uh,
0: can I can I uh, Can I genuinely warmly
4: welcome the Prime Minister to her position and reflect that she has come a long way since uh, we were on the
0: hustings together in north-west Durham. She will uh, reflect that um, she is uh, uh, possessing greater support in this chamber than either of us got in concert working men's club. Um, uh, Today there are reports that the new... Brexit unit will be hiring lawyers at the cost of £5,000 per head per day. So, Can I ask the Prime Minister whether she will be using the mythical £350 million to pay the legal fees, or is that still pencilled in
2: for the NHS, as promised by her Cabinet colleagues who campaigned for leave? I think it's absolutely right that we create a new department to focus on the work of negotiating the uh, United Kingdom leaving the European Union. And that department will need to have the expertise uh, necessary to undertake those negotiations. And I say to the Right Honourable Gentleman, I'm very uh, happy to remember the days that he and I spent campaigning in that parliament, in that general election in North West Durham. Little did the voters of North West Durham know that the two candidates, unsuccessful candidates in that election, would become leaders of two of this country's political parties. Although, as I would uh, point out to the right honourable gentleman, my part is a little bit bigger than his is. (laughs) (laughs) Order.